I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hey everyone, happy Monday and welcome to the next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito. I am thrilled today to have, I, I feel like I always say this, but I guess I'm just inviting all my favorite people, but m- the person that you get to listen to today and I get to talk with today is, um, she is beautiful on the outside, even crazy more beautiful on the inside. She's so successful. Uh, I'm sure many of my listeners uh, know exactly who you are. Kathy Williamson, well, they know who you are because you're like a famous blogger, fashion (laughs) blogger, influencer, badass woman of the year. You've been in People Magazine. You're about to be in Red Book Magazine. You've been in one more. Harper's Harper's Bazaar. (laughs) Just that little one. (laughs) Just that little Harper's Bazaar. Just that little Harper's (laughs) Bazaar. But, I mean, that's who you are uh, to the world and on paper, and and you have a bazillion followers on Instagram, and and you're incredibly talented. You're an incredibly talented um, blogger. But that's not why I love you. I mean, I follow you, and I love all your clothes and your style, and... Uh, I love you because in so many ways you are just a hero to me and to so many people. I mean, I've known you for years and I've watched you for years and you are just pure sunshine. Thank you. You are pure sunshine. You're a great friend to me. Um, you're an incredible wife to Busta. <laughs> Busta? <laughs> Cute little Buster. Um, you're uh, the most beautiful mom and incredible grandma. And you're damn lucky because you have amazing kids. I, and I, I love, do. Um, and your grandkids. Well, they love you too. Well, you're just an amazing woman. And I asked you um, to be on my show today because uh, this month, October, is cancer, breast cancer awareness. And uh, the reason we met five and a half, yeah, six, well, five years, five ago. years ago, five. Oh, yeah, just you just hit yes. the five year mark. Um, was we met five years ago? I was working as the pastor at Highland Park United Methodist Church, and I <clears throat> got an email from you, and uh, you had sent me an email asking if prayer I could. Request. Yeah, it was yeah. a prayer request mm-hmm. um, because you had just been diagnosed with cancer with breast cancer. Right. And it was like a lot of people have had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and a lot of people catch it really early. Um, and it's, I mean, cancer is cancer. So I'm not minimizing Mm -hmm. anybody's diagnosis, but you had, you were diagnosed with the real, real, real bad one. Right. And so what was the name? It's called triple negative breast cancer. Okay. And like you said, I mean, you're not minimizing any kind of cancer because right. cancer's bad. Yeah. But this is just a more aggressive form That's of the disease. That's the best way to say that. Yes. And it was scary. Very. Um, I mean, and and I, I think 
Well, the first time I met you, you came into my office with your daughter. That's right. And you had emailed me saying, uh, I look at, you know, I watch you on the stage in Cornerstone. Well, and- speaking of fashion, and, you know, I because I am a fashion blogger, I used to look at you and I'd go in to listen to you, but... Well, yeah, to church. (laughs) But I would like, like every time I would see her, go, oh my God, I love what she has on. That's the cutest thing. I know we would be good friends if we could just meet. (laughs) And that's what you emailed me. You said, I know that if if we met, we would be good friends. And, and, and you were so right. I mean, you walked into my office with, with your daughter, Alex, and I fell in love with you both immediately. And then Maybe the second or third time we met was in your hospital room. Exactly. You um, were so kind and uh, showed up the day after my mastectomy. Mm-hmm. You so, were sitting there with the family. I was. And, and, and no boobies. And no Well, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say they were there. There was no tissue. Yeah. But they were there. Uh, implants were put in and expanders. So I didn't – I was kind of afraid I was going to look like, you know um, – those cartoons or whatever, where there's somebody that has, you know, the stitch flat, flat with the stitches. Oh, all yeah, over, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Frankenstein kind of thing. <laughs> I thought that's what I was going to look like, but I they bet. were there. I mean, I had them. They mm-hmm. look like me, but they were just not me. Yes. Okay. Well, let's back way up. Yeah. I, um, I want to talk about Kathy, uh, pre, pre-cancer. So, what was your life like? What wow. was your lifestyle like? What was your attitude like? Because I only know you post-cancer. Um, I think I'm really basically the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't blogging then. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had started a rainwear company that I was trying to launch and, and get off the ground, which I did. But, um, and I had also, I had also, I was also a, um, you know, an empty nester, mm. which was sort of a, a weird, weird space in my life. I think mm-hmm. just you, you were know, transitioning. Yes, mm-hmm. I had three. You know, three children. They were all gone, and I was trying to figure out what to do. Really, mm. um, and so I started the rainwear line, and then right in the middle of all that was I started the blog, and I started the blog in April of two two thousand and thirteen. And June, I think it was June fourteenth, I was diagnosed. Oh, so two months wow. right after, right after, yeah, I started the blog. I was diagnosed. Okay, so how did you find out that you had cancer? How did you? I went to get just my regular mammogram. Okay, so you didn't feel a lump no, or nothing. Okay, nothing. And um, so I went to get the mammogram, and then that was on a Friday. And it was funny because a friend, uh, we were having dinner with friends, and the my friend said, I'm going to get a mammogram tomorrow. This was on a Sunday night. And I said, oh, I just had mine Friday. And she talked about how much she hated it. And I went, oh, I don't mind them at all. They, you know, I'm, I, I, I kind of like them. I mean, I just want to make sure I'm okay, but mm-hmm. I, they don't bother me at all. And so um, that Monday, when she was having her mammogram, I got a call from my a gynecologist saying you need to go back and get some more photos. It's just they see calcifications. It's no big deal. It happens, this all, happens the all the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, to myself, oh, my mom had calcifications and had to have a biopsy. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And so, so you I, really weren't nervous no, at all. I was not at at all. I mean, I was 
I was fine. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter happened to be in town. She wasn't living in Dallas, but she happened to be in town. So I went back for the for more of the the photos, and they told me to wait. And then they had me come back, and they said we need to take some more that same day. They said yeah, we need just, some more. I was waiting, mm -hmm. and so um, the the nurse came in and she said the radiologist wants to see you in his office. I got a little bit nervous then. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But when I walked in, he had, you know, my pictures up and he said, I'm kind of concerned about this spot because he said, it's a calcification. I'm just a little concerned about it. And when I looked at it, it had like tentacles on it. Mm. So I thought that doesn't look real, probably real promising, but I'm still not going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So were you alone? Or was Alex was with okay, me. So with Alex me. was with you. At that so point. I called my friend and I that had the mammogram that day, and I said, "Oh my God, I had to go back and you know get the get a second opinion and more photos." And she said, "You need to. I'm going to get you in to this woman at UT Southwestern." It, such a long story, but I ended up that Thursday um, having an appointment with this uh, surgeon, and then my biopsy was that morning. They just worked it out that way. Mm -hmm. So I had the biopsy, which was not fun. Mm -hmm. And did they put you to sleep? No, 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 no. They did just they deaden, they okay, deaden you. Numb and it? and my what they were going in to try to get was hiding in the duct. Mm -hmm. So it was just it was oh, very painful. aggressive. So um, I did that, then went to meet with the surgeon that afternoon. And now that nobody had told you to meet with the surgeon, you just were getting ahead of it just in case. Yes. I mean, oh, I, wow. nobody had told me that they were just like, get in, just see her just in case something ever happens down the road. Mm -hmm. So I did. I mean, I had made the appointment and my daughter again was with me and my husband was out of town. And, um, I just remember her coming in and she had, she, she looked at me and she said, I think we've caught it early. I think you're going to have options. And when she said, I think we've caught it early, it was sort of like the Charlie Brown teacher, you know, that wah, 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 wah. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't, didn't really hear what she said. I heard her say invasive ductal carcinoma. And I, when I heard that, I was like, well, shoot, it's, it's cancer. So they walked out, my daughter, I looked at my daughter and I said, did she just tell me I have cancer? And she said, I think she did. So I because didn't really know. that's not what I you mean, were going there no, for. No, not but at all. But she had already had the results from the radiologist. She didn't, but I think that he, he was, he was the top radiologist there mm -hmm. and the, like the chief radiologist. And he, I think probably told her what mm -hmm. he was guessing, mm -hmm. but he was so kind. And he called me the very next day and he said, I just really don't want to tell you this. But it was malignant. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I found out the very next day. But you had already met with the surgeon who had given you a diagnosis. Sort of gave, gave, sort of gave me a diagnosis. Okay. But she said, we have to wait for pathology, and I want you to come back. We'll just go ahead and schedule you for the next week. So I, had, I already had an appointment to go see her the next week in case. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the radiologist calls you. And did, does he give you any more information than no. the surgeon? All you know is you have cancer, mm -hmm. breast cancer. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And so you're not going to know anymore until you have surgery. Exactly. So they have to they have to do surgery in order to diagnose the stage or how far along right. or, they, or the treatment. Yes. And they send so so strange, but I kind of got the wrong diagnosis at first. But they have to send all the tissue off to patho- to a pathology. I think they send I think most doctors send it to someplace in California and they do like the they do all these, like an oncotype, which tells you, I think, what your percentage is for it re- coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. they do all this testing on the um, tissue. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know, but at first they told me that I was estrogen and progesterone positive. And then when the um, actual pathology came back, that was not right. What, are, what, are, what does that even mean? So most breast cancer tumors are made up of receptors, they're estrogen, progesterone, and something called HER2 new. And so you can be um, positive, positive, negative, or I mean, you negative, positive, positive, negative, 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 and triple negative is negative all of those receptors. So it's like a basal cell kind of cancer. And they don't there's, I think in the last probably the last five years since I've been diagnosed, they've learned more about it. But when I was first diagnosed, what this this particular cancer used to be like maybe 20, 25 years ago, only found, I would say, predominantly in young African-American women, hmm. nobody else. And then it started progressively, you know, they've started finding it in other other like Caucasian, mm-hmm. Hispanic, I mean, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a younger, um, a younger woman's disease. Okay. I feel like I was on the older side. When I, triple negative. Mm-hmm, at first, when I was diagnosed. But what was so funny is that my first um, meeting with my oncologist, I was sitting in the room and this, they, this group came in and they said, can we, we're from the African-American, I don't know, I can't remember what they said, but can we swab your mouth and, and test you? And I'm like, clearly, I'm, <laughs> I'm like purple, I'm so white, you know, I'm like transparent. And I'm like, go ahead. I mean, I don't care, whatever, you know, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was thought of a, a young African-American woman's disease, which is so strange. That is so interesting. Which I kind of think, it could be, I, I believe that this, this particular kind is environmental. Mm. I just, I just do. Mm. And what makes you think that? Um, so I, and I know I can't prove this, but we lived in Birmingham, Alabama mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 2000, I guess, 2000 through 2011 mm-hmm. ish. Mm-hmm. And when I, we moved to Dallas, and when I was diagnosed, I I was diagnosed six weeks after a very good friend of mine in Birmingham who lived four houses away from me was diagnosed with triple negative. Mm. Then I found out a year later that another woman who was not even a half a mile from me in that neighborhood, she was diagnosed with triple negative. Mm -hmm. Then I found out that another girl who was like 20 She might have been like 22 when she was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Eight years before me was diagnosed who lived in that same area, which is a small neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
a half a mile, if that, from uh, the Birmingham Waterworks filtration mm. plant. So I don't know if that has something to do with the water plant, mm-hmm. you know, the water filtration plant, mm-hmm. or Birmingham was a steel town, you know, big steel town. I don't know mm-hmm. if it has something to do with the soil. Mm-hmm. I just know that in my area where I lived, four of four people with triple negative is a lot. And there are more women that I know, like maybe three miles from where I lived, that have had triple negative. Mm. And triple negative only affects 15 to 20 percent of all breast cancers. Mm. So it's real rare. It's, it's, it's more rare. It's more rare. Mm-hmm. And for that many people mm-hmm. in that same area mm-hmm. to have it, it's mm-hmm. a cluster. There's something mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Which why is why I think that it is environmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was just, I, I can't, I'm trying to think what I was just reading, but I was on a plane for a long time and I was just reading an article about an area that was infected with, with and it was environment, you know, something in the environment. I can't remember. And I think it was, was it the Auburn? water. Oh, water. It was the water. And uh, so many people in that area had become had, sick. Yeah. Had mm-hmm. beca- had, and they all had the same kind of cancer and nobody was paying attention. You know, and well, so it has to it has, it has to, be. to play into this in some way. It does. I mean, I, I'm convinced. And mm-hmm. you know how you just know in your heart, mm-hmm. you just oh, yeah. have a your you gut. just know your mm-hmm. gut. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's why. And you have a strong gut. I yeah, think I, love I do. Your gut. Mm-hmm. I think I do. But I, mm-hmm. I really believe that's the reason mm-hmm. that I was diagnosed with it mm-hmm. or I had it. You know, I, um, I recently had a fertility doctor on and, uh, that's something that we talked about as well, because I mean, so when our mothers and grandmothers were getting pregnant, I mean, they sneezed and they got pregnant and now the issues of infertility are huge. Well, it has to be our environment, our food, the air, the, all the crap that's, you know, that people are packing in our packages. Well, also like autoimmune disorders. I don't yeah. remember when I was in my teens and 20s hearing about autoimmune. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like everyone has autoimmune. Yeah. But why? Yeah. Yeah. Our environment has to has to, we'll know we'll know more about that one day. I agree. I mean, it'll it'll come I out. I agree. So <clears throat> you have surgery scheduled. Well, let let's go back to <clears throat> the days following your diagnosis. What was what was it like? I mean, are you just walking around thinking a blur? <clears throat> oh my gosh, I have cancer. A blur. It was yeah. a blur. I mean, I I just yes, it was it was crazy. It was, but it happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Everything happened so fast that I really didn't have time to think about it mm-hmm. as much as I. And what's really odd is that my past life. You asked me what I was like, and I didn't tell you this part. I was the biggest hypochondriac. I mean, like. Oh my gosh. Really? Such a hypochondriac. <laughs> yes. And the minute I was given this diagnosis, I don't know. I just had this, this real calm come over me. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced a calm like that in my life. And Which I would was, seem the complete opposite of how a hypochondriac mm-hmm. would re- exactly, respond exactly. to a diagnosis. Exactly. And I was just very, very calm about it. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling so calm and really I had a peace about it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Was How was your family? They were wrecks. Yeah. They were wrecks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Who took they, it the hardest? I'd say, I'd say Buster 
did. Mm-hmm. I th- I, they all did. But Buster was, you know, mm-hmm. he was just right there with me. And Alex was there living with us at the time. Mm-hmm. Which so was such a blessing. It was. It was. Such a gift. Buster just loves you. Aww. I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like to watch your bride go through something that you wish you could go through fix, for them. That you could fix, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think being on the other side of cancer or any disease, I mean, I think the caregiver has the hardest mm. role. Why? Because I think they want to fix it, yeah. and they can't fix it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just want to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, and you could just can't Mm-mm. take watching Somebody's- somebody you love suffer. Right. I mean, you would just take it all day. Right. You would just take it all day. So you go in for surgery. Um, tell me about what that was like going and how, preparing for breast, so, uh, breast surgery. It was, you know, the, the day started very early that day, and um, they took me back and got me ready. And Could you sleep the night the before? Night, um, not not, I don't, I think I took something. Yeah. <laughs> I think I Smart. took an Ambien. Smart. Yeah, I think I took an Ambien uh, mm-hmm. to sleep. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, you know, for my family, again, it was harder day for them because what I thought was going to be like a four-hour surgery was an eight-hour surgery. So they sat there for eight hours mm-hmm. and waited and waited and waited. So I think that would have been so hard. But the surgery itself was... It wasn't that horrible. What? Why was it eight hours? Well, they have to, I, I think they have to test when they start taking oh. out, oh. you know, the tissue and the tumor and they test it. And they have to keep taking yes. until it's, yes. until it's so all they gone. make sure that they mm. get everything. Mm. Um, and I had what, I mean, I had, you know, a double mastectomy, but now they can, if if the tumor is not close to or or anything the cells have not gotten into the nipple they can save your nipple Mm -hmm. so you really do look normal Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. you get reconstructed because it's there and you you really do look normal so the day that you had surgery to get the cancer out they took your breath that's the day you also had your double mastectomy you did everything in one surgery yes oh Yes. I didn't have a lumpectomy. I did okay. the double it just right then and there. Okay. And it's not the worst thing I've ever been through. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's painful, but it's not horrible. Mm-hmm. The worst part for me is I had four drains mm-hmm. um, I remember for like drains. three weeks, mm-hmm. and that was the worst part. Yeah. yeah and didn't Buster have to change oh, him? Oh, yeah, because yeah. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, he had yeah. to do it. That is such love. Yeah, it is. Oh. It is because oh. it's, it's not. It's not the most pleasant thing. Yeah. So you wake up. You wake up from surgery, and and your tissue is gone. Is gone. You have, you, you have no nipples. No, I did. Oh, you did. I they did. saved they your saved nipples. They saved that. Okay. So they saved your nipples. So what they do is they put in an implant. That day they put in an yes. implant. Yes. Oh, and so they take all your tissue out, put in an well, implant. Well, wait. Let me. Let me wait. I don't think it's an implant. It's an expander is what it's called. And what it is, it's sort of like an implant surrounded by like hard plastic. Mm -hmm. It's so uncomfortable. It feels like you have rocks inside. I mean, it's like like as hard as this table. What are they expanding? They're expanding your... um, Skin? Yes. So that when they reconstruct, they can put an implant in. So they have to stretch it all out. Because they've taken all your tissue. Yes. 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 So I went from 
that was on July 1st. That mastectomy was on July 1st. And then they gave me a month to figure out what, what I really had and then to heal from that. And then, so with triple negative, mm -hmm. really and truly the only thing, I mean, you really don't have a choice. You have to do chemo. Because it's an aggressive. It's so aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you have to do chemo. On the scale of aggressive breast cancer, where does, like if 10 is... Is I think the worst. Where would they be? I, I think the worst, probably the worst kind, is inflammatory, mm. and then triple negative. Oh, so right I would say it. it's probably an eight. Okay, super aggressive. Super, One of the most super aggressive. aggressive. Yes. Now, did they give you a stage? Did they say yes. stage yes. one, stage yes. two? And was, how many stages are there? There are four. Okay. Four, I believe, is um, meta is metastatic, where it's it goes into other parts organs, whatever. Okay. So it's, but that means it has spread. It has spread. I think that's right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I was staged at two. Okay. Um, because, but they backed me back up, back to one B, but I was two because after I got the pathology back, one of the cancer cells had spread into my lymph nodes. Okay. So did they take all your lymph nodes they out as well? They took five on my right side and I I think a couple on my left. Okay. Is that does that add to the pain and recovery? Yes. I'm sure. Yes. I'm yes. Sure. But I mean 5 is not that many. I mean I know mm -hmm. people that have had 20, you know, 40 taken out. I didn't even know we had that many mm -hmm. lymph nodes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I yeah. didn't even know that. I know. I didn't really know that there were that many either. I would have said I have one. I know. I mean like you have one in your, you know, your your yeah. your throat glands. I mean, you just yeah. That's so interesting. It is. Okay, so so you wake up and you have you, all your tissues gone. You have these expanders in. I'm sure you're in some pain. I was, and and I mean they give you morphine, but mm -hmm. that makes me feel weird. So mm -hmm. I didn't. I quit taking that. Um, yeah, you're in pain, and and things that people don't tell you after you have a mastectomy is, mm -hmm. you know, when you go to the hospital, don't take a shirt that you pull on over your head because mm -hmm. you can't lift your arms. You need a button. You yes. need to slide your arms. Yes, out. you can't like button a button on your jeans. So you mm -hmm. need pull up pants, you know, like mm -hmm. leggings, um, loose leggings, because it really you takes muscle pull. to pull. Yes. Gosh. And then things like when you go home from the hospital in the car, you need a pillow to protect you from the seatbelt. Cause Oh my gosh. It's I so painful. Oh. So there are all these things that no one tells you. You need you know? to write a book or a pamphlet yeah. saying, here's what you, all here's, the things all you the need things, to yes. know. Yes. And here's everything the caretaker needs yes. to know too. So you go, so how long were you in the hospital? Uh, I think maybe two days. Okay. That's crazy. I know. There's like, bye. <laughs> were you scared to go home? No, I wanted to go home. You wanted to go home. I wanted to go home. And so you go home and, and what, what were your limit, what were your physical limitations? Everything. I mean, I couldn't. You're in the bed. Yes. I was in the bed for probably four days, three days. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, eventually you start feeling better and you get up and you're moving around, but you're not lifting and, and they want you to start doing some exercises. I'm like, ah, uh, no, thank you. I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. Forget it. And I probably should have. Right. I'd probably be in better right. shape now. <laughs> but no, that was not, mm -mm, wasn't going to do that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I just can't even imagine the pain. And then you got the drains. Yeah, and, and you're going back and forth. You got the forth. medicine. You're recovering from anesthesia. I mean, eight hours of anesthesia. 
that is a big recovery. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't even imagine how long it took you to like get your bathroom situation under control. I mean, after eight hours and then morphine. Oh, and it was horrible. Are you still recovering? <laughs> I'm still trying. <laughs> Anybody got any tips? <laughs> yeah, I'm still still recovering from that. I bet. I bet. So you finish or, or your, your home, your three, four days home, you're recovering. And then what's the next step? Yeah. What was the next step? So you're waiting for them to tell you exactly based on what they found, what the treatment is right. going to be. So is that right, right. Okay. So it was really a shock when I found out it was triple negative. I mean, we were. I remember sitting in the oncologist's office, and the first one I went to, the first oncologist I was assigned to, and he was. He said, "You have triple negative." How long and after surgery was this? Two weeks. Maybe. Oh, you had two to wait weeks. that long. Um, I think it was about two yeah. weeks. Wow. Yes. Cause they send it off. Okay. But he said, you have triple negative. And I was like, what? And I just remember looking at Buster and Alex's face cause they were with me and they, their faces just dropped. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I think in their mind it was like, this is a death sentence mm-hmm. kind of thing. But, um, had they been reading about it? Had they been reading about different yes, diagnoses? Because we, my friend that lived in my neighborhood who mm-hmm. had been diagnosed six weeks before me, we had, you know, we, when we found out that she had triple negative, we did some reading on it. Oh, gosh. And so, so. six weeks later, I have it. Mama gets the mm-hmm. same diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I can't imagine how scary that must have That's been. scary. I just, and you know, then it was like they were like, you have to have chemo. Mm-hmm. And of course, what's my first thought? Your hair. Yeah, not am I going to die? The okay, if you if you don't know <laughs> Kathy Williamson, get on her blog right now and look at pictures of her because truly, I mean, I remember that being one of my the things that I thought of when I met you. Like, first of all, she has fabulous hair. Second of all, what's it going to be like to lose that right. fabulous so hair? So that's my first thought. Yeah. Which, by the way. I, I mean, I know that sounds shallow, but oh, it's just real. Every time I've talked to anybody that's gone through chemo and lost their hair, mm-hmm. a female, they always say that's the first thing they think of. Yeah. Is I'm going to lose my hair. Oh, yeah. It's the first and thing my, I mean, my mom had breast cancer. Right. It's the first thing right. she. I mean, of. you just say it. Yeah. Am I going to lose my hair? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just instead yeah. of, am I going to lose my life? I know I'm going to lose my <laughs> hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to die is not yeah, the worst yeah. thing. No, am exactly. I die? Am I, yeah, am I going to die bald? You know, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, it's just, it's, it, that was hard. Yeah. And, you know, and it does grow back, but it's one of those things that it's, it's who, who you are, you know, as a, as a sure. female, it's, you know, I mean, your breast cancer are so fair. I mean, you lose your boobs and you lose your hair, you know, I mean, it's just like, that's real fair. Um, but you know, that it's, it's true. It happens. Yes. So that was, you know, that was as a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you hear how, what you get the full diagnosis and what was the treatment? What did they, I mean, so treatment is chemo, but the treatment, aggressive. the treatment was every other week I would have chemo on Thursday. This was my plan every other week, chemo on Thursday. And I was having double dose or d- dose dense chemo, which is, it's stronger than what they would just normally give you, I guess. Mm. But 
they were, I would have that on Thursday. Then I would go get on Friday, I would go get a shot the next day called Nulasta. Mm -hmm. And this little shot, well, it's not really little, it's a big hunk and fat needle that hurts like in your ear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They usually give it to you in your stomach, mm -hmm. but actually it's not your ear. It was my arm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's an eight thousand dollar shot oh my gosh yeah what does it do and every time I got one I was like dang I could have like a really nice like <laughs> handbag for that you know I mean I was just like shoot what could eight thousand yeah I mean what is this doing but um but it what it does is it boosts your blood count back up because chemo knocks your blood count you oh. know it, it gets rid of all the white cells and mm -hmm. so it boosts it back up mm -hmm. so you don't get sick oh so, so did you get sick with chemo? I I did. The first uh, the first one I had, I got very nauseous. Mm -hmm. I didn't like throw up, but I got very nauseous. But they give you they give you so much medic medicine now that you shouldn't get sick. Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling nauseous and then that shot is what makes you feel even worse mm -hmm. because that's one of the side effects of, of the shot. And I just remember feeling like crap. Wow. You know, like two days after that shot. But like put you in bed crap. Yes. What, like yes. You're in I mean, like you like you have the worst flu you've ever had. Mm. Like that's what it feels like. Mm. And then it just starts to get better. And then you kind of start feeling more like yourself again. And then you have to go do and it all again. Time. But I did it. I had eight sessions. Mm -hmm. So I went from August 1st to November 7th. Okay. And then after I got through with that I got a break for a, a month and then I started radiation. Oh, wow. Let me ask you about, so when you did chemo, did you go to the hospital? Did you sit? I remember going yes. in a room with my mom, but, but a lot, there's like a rocking chair. There, no, like, this, that's not uh, no, I, I, I was at UT Southwestern okay. and you are in a private room by yourself. Oh, okay. So I always had like a little posse with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Buster, Alex, friends, you know, family. I, I just, you could have people in there with you, which made it so much better. You How know, long was, did it take? How long were you um, sitting the there? First, the first four, I was there from start to finish, probably four hours. Mm -hmm. But the actual chemo mm -hmm. treatment was probably an hour and a half. And then the second round of drugs, which were the last four, uh, was more like three hours. What did you learn sitting there? I learned how to play heads up. <laughs> <laughs> I did on, on on the phone. No, I, I just I, I we did we we You're played we, we played a lot of heads up. Um, I just I just learned how like important my family was. Mm -hmm. You know that they were all there. You know they were sitting right there with me, mm -hmm. and they could have been out doing. You know, I mean, that was, it's so boring. Mm -hmm. And they were sitting there with me. And I, I learned, you know, I learned maybe not through just having chemo, but I learned a lot through the whole process. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. A lot through the whole process. Yes. So when did your hair start falling out? Day 17, which happened to be my birthday. So on my birthday, which was August 17th, I started pulling, I mean, like noticing, like every time I would touch my hair, I would just have handfuls of it mm -hmm. in my hand. And then I started tugging on it, you know, kind of like pulling a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. And it just, 
was oh. coming out in, in handfuls. And I told Alex, I said, today's the day. Mm. And she she ran up to CVS and bought a bought a um a ra- a shaver, you know, a razor, electric razor. And we went out in the backyard and I remember the Seriously? Ha- yes, the house next to me was being built and there were like <laughs> construction guys. We went out, I cut my just put my hair in a ponytail, cut wow. the ponytail, and then she just said, Okay, bend over and I bent over and she just started shaving. Whoa, I'd never heard that yeah, story. Yeah. So you just did it. You're like, let's just get I just of- was like, yeah, I, I, let's just go. I got to go because yeah. it's coming out. I got to go. I mean, I can't just sit here for days and yeah. do this. Yeah. I so, and I, and I already had a wig. Okay. So and you so, had already got ahead of it. You right, were ready. Right. I was ready. Your but, wig looked so, I mean, I my remember. My wig was awesome. It, your wig was, do you still have your wig? Yeah. I don't like to look at it. Though. I bet it's hard. Yeah. I, I don't want to look hard. at it. I but bet. yes, I still have it. If you knew anybody wants to borrow a great wig it's, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty a good wig. wig but I put my wig on I had my family over for dinner that night for my birthday mm-hmm. and nobody knew that I had a wig on <gasps> really until I told them. I mean, yeah you know, I'm like oh it's, look I have a wig on you know but yeah and that's the night that I that night after everyone left I remember having my very first like come apart yeah I only cried twice and that was that the first time or Mm-mm. the second? The first time was the day that I found out. But it, I just sat in my closet and cried. And the second one was when I lost my hair. And tell me about that. Just I just sobbed. I mean, it was just were like you alone. No, Buster and Alex were with me again, and um, I just sobbed. And then I was like, I'm not. I'm over. I'm, I mean, I've done it. I've cried. Let's get on with it. Mm. That was sort of my plan. I don't know why I had that plan, mm-hmm. being a hypochondriac, but I had the plan. I'm like, let's get going on this. Yeah. If I have to do this, you know. Well, you know what, Kitty? Chop, I, chop. I know a lot of people who've had breast cancer, and 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 I could have invited several people on here to talk about it. But the reason that your journey to me is so profound is because you always – I mean, I – believe with everything inside of me yes the doctors and the chemo and all of that played its role but your attitude and your spirit say cured you healed you i and your faith i totally believe that i mean a hundred percent i totally am with you on that Mm -hmm. and i know it yeah i know it from the beginning i mean i i remember i i can I can even sense the lighting in the room the day that I went in, and your whole family was sitting there. I, it's the day that I met Alston for yes. the first time, who is just such a crack up, who's your son. I'd met Charlie before. No, I had not met Charlie no, yet. No, you hadn't met Charlie. Um, uh, I met Charlie later, but Alex, Buster, and Alston were all sitting there, and and I, there was so much. I mean, here I was coming into a hospital room where you had, I knew your diagnosis, Gnosis. My mom died of breast I cancer, and I so I know a little bit about different diagnosis, and and I knew yours was bad, mm-hmm. and and I, and you had just had this crazy long surgery, and you had just lost your your breasts, which I don't care who you are as a woman. I mean, and you're about to lose your hair, and I remember walking in that room and. I laughed my ass off. Yeah, we off. did. We laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh. 
Alston made me laugh. Alex made me laugh. And, you know, yeah. Buster's just the steady Hilarious. and adorable. And I just remember leaving and thinking, wow, that is a lucky woman. Because I am. Yes. And and it was your attitude. It was your family's attitude. There was there was a, there were a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. you know, about your hair, your boobs mm-hmm. and, you know, everything in between. And I just I mean, your attitude throughout the whole process and you would say you affirmed your healing mm-hmm. through the whole process. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying over and over again, oh, I know I'm going to be just fine. And uh, and I I remember that me thinking she will be like you almost will it. And we hear this all the time, like affirmations and the strength of attitude and, and, you know, our spirit has, has healing power. And I think you are the proof. Well, I I believe it with everything that's in me, that that's the reason. So how did you do that? I mean, so many people get a diagnosis and they go, they think, I'm going to die here. You know, this is the beginning of the end. They can't get out. They can't get out of the fear. They can't get out of the, this isn't fair. Why me? I mean, how did you take a, a really terrible diagnosis and, and give it the bird so and say, I, uh-uh, well, you will not take first me of down. All, first of all, that, you know, why me? Mm-hmm. I thought, why not me? Mm-hmm. First of all, because why am I so special that I wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, why not me? Yeah. And the second thing was that I had that, when I told you I was given that diagnosis, that peace that I had, I've never experienced a peace like that in all my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was God. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I... What did that feel like? I can't even, I can't even describe it. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, I just... It's just some, a confidence that can only come so, from the some, Lord. Yes. And sometimes when my life gets, like, I'm busy and I'm like, oh, my God, I have so much to do, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that piece was so nice. You know, I, I mean, I, I just try to remember how that felt. Yeah. It, yeah. I can't even describe it. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the bathtub one night before, I, th- I, I guess, I can't remember where I was. I think maybe chemo had started. Sitting in the bathtub, and I had, I, I mean, I know this sounds strange, I had this almost like giddy feeling. Mm. And I'm like, this is just God, mm. you know? But I also have- Because I should not be feeling giddy. No, right? I should not feel, I mean, I should not feel this great right now, you know? I should be scared, you know, mm-hmm. s- you know, your scared mind. to death. Mm-hmm. But I remember, um, because, and I just want to say this, because I remember um, kind of having an aha moment and a book that one of my, spiritual mentors from forever. I mean, she's been in my life forever, but she sent me this book called 365 Days of Healing Hmm. by, it's a man named Mark Brez, I don't know how you say it, B-R-A-Z-E-E, Brezee. And it's just a devotional book, um, little short devotions, but it's about healing. And I remember reading a page out of this book and it was my aha moment. And he says in the book, if you think about the Lord's Prayer, where it says, on earth as it is in heaven, and you pray that Lord's Prayer every day, as er- on earth as it is in heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. Mm. And so there shouldn't be any sickness here. So I don't know why that was just such an aha moment for mm. me. And I just went, 
oh, well, I'm supposed to, I'm healed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, if I'm, I'm going to grab onto that healing and I'm going to claim it and that's it. Love it. So. Love it. And, and for anybody who has a terminal diagnosis, or I mean, anything, or, you know, yeah, right. Anything, anything that they're like, what, nothing bad is going to come from you claiming the good. Exactly. Like there's nothing bad that could ever come of that. Exactly. So after you're done eight weeks of treatment, then what? Uh, What is the reconstruction process like? Okay, so I couldn't have the reconstruction for six months. Oh, because you had these rocks in your boobs? For a year because I had to have radiation and radiation compromises the skin. So I couldn't, they have to wait six months. For it to heal. So I had, it was so weird. Everything happened on the 1st, July 1st. I was diagnosed August 1st. Treatment. uh, Treatment, you know, um, December 1st radiation. And then August 1st of the next year, I had my, um, my reconstruction. So radiation started December? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. And how long was that? I had to go every day for 20 I think it was 24, 24, 25 days, but they stopped me early because I got a severe burn that got infected and they were like, you've had, you've done enough, Mm. you know, you've had all the, all the rads you need. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was every day. What were the side effects? Just, I was just besides the burn and that Mm. didn't happen for a while, but radiation just makes you really tired. Mm. I bet. Yeah. No, no other really side effects. You just get really tired. Mm. Yeah. Did you give your permission? Did you give yourself permission during this time to be sick? Yeah, I did. You did. I like did. if you woke up and you didn't feel well, you were okay. I stayed Just home so much good. because I, first of all, I didn't want to get out and get sick. Yeah. You know, from get pick yeah. up germs. Your immune system. But um, I did, and somebody gave me um, the advice, and they said, "This, this is all about you right now." Yeah. You know, it's not about anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. And I just really took that to heart. I'm like, I, I, you know, I have to be, I have to rest and do what I need to do to heal. Yeah. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. Yeah. What I great didn't do advice. anything. What great advice. Except order, I sat on the computer and ordered Christmas presents. I mean, every day Buster would come <laughs> home and he'd be like, oh my gosh, UPS. <laughs> I mean, I'd stack some boxes. <laughs> I think I remember coming around Christmas time, yeah. and there were a lot of boxes. I mean, just I mean, I was just like, "Oh, good, I can sit here and shop." Buster's <laughs> like, "We need to get you better." Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so, did your did your friends? I know your family was so supportive and wonderful. Were your friends respectful of what you couldn't be for them during this time? You know, it's funny because we had just moved to Dallas mm-hmm. about a year and a half two years before this all came down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the friends that I had, you know, I mean, it takes a while to, you right, know, for to, sure. to get your tribe together. But um, yeah, the ones that I, yes, the ones that I had then at that time, mm-hmm. who were still my really good friends. But yes, very, very much so. And people were so sweet. Always, you know, can we bring you anything? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do? You know, it was it, it really just coming and sitting and if somebody that you, this is just advice, somebody that you know does have any kind of cancer, just, you know, just sitting with them is, mm-hmm. is so sweet. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting yeah, with you. you. Did. I loved it. You, I know. You, we had lots of we, giggles. We did. We did. <laughs> I mean, you think about, it's probably mm-hmm. some of the best 
That's how we became friends. Yeah, it's exactly how our how friendship we, mm-hmm. was established. Thank God. It's another silver yeah. lining. Yeah. It was such a, that was, those were magic, those were magical magic, moments. They, they were. You know, I, I remember when my mom was sick and even, and this sounds weird, but even when she was dying, like sitting with her was, I remember how holy and precious those moments were. And, uh, you know, even the times where she was too sick to talk, just sitting there laying with her, or holding her hand, like it just, there's nothing like presence, mm-hmm. presence showing up. So true. And you, you it's are, you have to do. You are the best at that. Well, you I, are. Well, I've, I learned, I learned it honestly, because when I remember when I, when my kids were sick and, you know, I've lost two mm-hmm. children to a terminal disease, but for people who don't know, but when, when they, when my son was dying, I remember my therapist saying, you're going to lose friends. And I was like, what? Like, you don't know my friends. I I said that to her, like, you don't know my friends. And she said, I just need you to know that illness, death, it's very pain. It's so painful for some people that they don't know what to do. And so out of fear of doing the wrong thing or not knowing what to do, they they don't do, they don't do anything. And that taught me because the friends who showed, you know, when you're, when you're in this kind of situation, you you can't give anything. I you when you were when you had cancer, like there were you had limitations, physical, emotional, spiritual. Like you were limited in what you could pour out. Mm-hmm. And it was time for people to pour in. And and I that was a great lesson for me. Like show up. Just show up. Just show up. Yeah. It is great advice. It is. Just show up. Even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't know what to say, just show up. Hold, hold one, the hand. And one thing not to say, <laughs> don't say, I mean, I, I'm serious. Don't say, oh, it's just here. It'll grow back. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't say anything. Yeah. Don't I mean, say well, that, any of that, that especially. Stuff. Yeah. That especially. Yeah. Just say I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And you look fabulous. <laughs> you look great, bald. <laughs> you did look great, bald. Well, no one saw me. <laughs> I saw you. I remember with do rags. Do rags. And you look yeah, yeah. adorable. <laughs> I did never see your bald hair. I didn't but show I it wish to anybody. I, but I wish I did. I didn't show it to anybody. So <clears throat> you get reconstruction a year later. July 1st, did you say? August. August 1st. You start the reconstruction. And how do you feel about your breasts today? Uh, they're They're great. So I mean, they, you, they look just like me. I mean, they're they're great. I, I had a great surgeon, mm-hmm. too, plastic surgeon. But um, Nicholas Haddock, if anybody needs to know, he's awesome. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, shout out to Nick, <laughs> old Nick. Um, but he was great. And I, I don't, honestly, I don't think about it very much, which is so strange. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I really don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, like, It'll hit me like in an elevator or something, and I'll think, holy shit. I had, you know, I, I went through all that, yeah. but I just really don't think about it that much. I kind of have to remind myself that mm-hmm. it really did happen. Mm-hmm. And I've been five years now, mm-hmm. which is... Which is such a big it's mark. It's a big mark mm-hmm. for every cancer mm-hmm. patient. But mm-hmm. for triple negative, it it um, knocks you back down to uh, just any breast cancer, like your, your, um, 
your percentage of it coming back is that of anybody with breast cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they yeah, after 5 years. Oh, what yeah. a miracle. I know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So when when you when you were diagnosed and when you were going through treatment, I'm sure you had I'm sure there was some I mean you like you said you had an aha moment. You what, what tell me if you, I mean, th- and this might be difficult, and I'm put, totally putting you on the spot, but if you could say the three lessons, like cancer taught me, how how is how is Kathy hmm. Williamson different post cancer? What did it teach you? It took it it taught me to have just incredible faith mm-hmm. and to trust God because. That's all you have at that moment, you know? I mean, it it taught me that my family and my friends are so precious. I mean, I knew that already, mm-hmm. but it, it just kind of, it, it it just, I don't know, it just kind of... Um, there had to be a sweetness. There's and- such a sweetness, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think now I it's given me a gift, actually. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that I would I wouldn't trade it. Because it's given me a huge gift in so many ways. Um, like you and I were talking before, I don't think that my blog would be successful if I hadn't had cancer. Mm. Because my story, it, that when I started sharing my story was when I really started getting a lot of readers. Mm. And I feel like now I have a platform mm. that I can talk about it mm-hmm. and Honestly, if somebody reads my blog and emails me and says, I've just been diagnosed with cancer, I'm, I'm like, here's my phone number, call me. Mm. And I just want to pay it forward, you mm. know? I mean, I want to help these women that are going through this because no one tells you. Mm. You know, no one tells you what to expect. Mm-hmm. They just, unless you've been there, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Of so, course. You know, so... Um, Even doctors. I mean, it's just true. Like, they know the... Book. The medical, they know right. what the books say, right. but I mean, they haven't experienced. I remember your, was it your hands peeling or your nails? Something with your nails or your nail? I had toenails that yeah that so, got black and yeah. fell off. Like and I just remember there were things happening to you. Like nobody tells you. Nobody this. tells you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to be that person mm-hmm. for women that are going through that. Mm-hmm. I think I think there is such. That's such a gift that you give people. Like, here's where you can go. Here's what, you know, here's what you should be eating. Here's don't drink. I mean, I I know that you adhere to a really healthy lifestyle, but I think your greatest asset and your superpower in all of this is giving people hope that, that it's true that, that, okay, not everybody survives cancer. No, they just don't. So it's not even, it's not even, you can't give you can't guarantee a cure Mm-mm. but you can guarantee and show people an attitude and a spirit and i think that is your incredible superpower and that's what i want people to hear and feel um in this that that cancer is something that you've been through and it it has it doesn't define you yet, and, it doesn't define you at all mm-mm. your mm-hmm. spirit and your your soul and your attitude has defined you and made you who you are to me. And I know everybody who knows you. 
well, it's just, I feel like a better version mm-hmm. after going through it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's sort of my F you to cancer. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it. okay, well, I'm sorry. You just, you know what? You made me better. So, you know, nanny, nanny, boo boo. I mean, you know, I mean, I just, yes, it's true. I love that. I it's love true. that. And that is, that is the remedy. And I love, I love your faith. I mean, so many people in the midst of hard, you know, they get angry at God. And they, and I get that. I understand that. No, I get that. it too. And they ask why and why me? And, and you know, I think you can, I think you can uh, have, make a pit stop at that. I think it's okay to make a pit stop at that place. But me I, too, yes. Um, but I think you need to keep driving. Because Absolutely. the Lord just has something for amazing for you to do and your spirit, your amazing spirit requires it. And, you know, also about just your mind too. I think that sometimes it, I mean, I really do believe that if you think it, mm-hmm. I mean, you can have be you know, self-fulfilling uh, prophecies mm-hmm. that, you know, in my mind, I think if, if anybody's diagnosed with anything, just be positive. I mean, mm-hmm. try to just think positive. Yeah thoughts about it and and don't put it out there. Yeah. You know, don't put the negative out there. I agree with that. He if you're going to say something negative, say it in your head, mm-hmm. but don't give it life. Yeah, I love that. Amen to that, sister. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so proud of you as I'm a so proud of you person. and the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just a blessing and I know that this is just going to help so many people, Kathy. So thank you for being here today and thank, thank you, you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend <laughs> and, for, and for having me on your amazing show. Wow, it's awesome. Thank, thank you, you, honey. Thank I you. love you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to The Remedy with Tova Cito. To get more information, sponsor an episode, or contribute to this program, please visit us online at tovacito.com slash podcast or find us on social media.